I didn't even know I had an accent until you told me. But that's a positive. That's not a negative. At, at the time, I thought it was a negative. Right. Or at least they wanted to project to you that it was a negative. Yeah, yeah. It felt that way. It, yeah. it felt that way. But it all, it was also myself. Myself and my self-esteem. So. so how did you come out of that? Because you had to do it publicly. I talked about it. Did you? I said it. I said it out loud. I didn't, you know, I said that this is how I feel about this. And sometimes this makes me feel this way. And, you know, just being honest about it. I think other people say, well, I feel that in my workplace too. You know, other men and women. You know, they're like, I want to be where the next level person is, but it feels like they don't want me there. Like, I'm going to take their seat type of thing. You know? Yeah. And so I think when people could relate and they, I feel the same way and we would talk and stuff. And I'd say, but you got to keep, you got to keep being you. Don't let them change you either, because that was something that I, I know how to adapt, but I don't lose myself either. Right, right. So going to the DMV, I listened, I learned, I was like, tell me about the mumbo, tell me about the go-go, <laughs> show me Horace and Dickie, show me whatever, Absolutely. you know, U Street, yeah. H Street, talk yeah. to me, you know, and they would, yeah. I would listen. And I'm used to talking, as you can see. Yeah. I'm used yeah. to talking and like telling people about me. So when I would just listen, I'd be like, all right, let me respect the space I'm in, this is this is your town, this is your city, let me learn. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's what people appreciate it. It's impossible to stop a man or woman who will not quit. We Won't Quit podcast is designed to help entrepreneurs who are feeling stuck by limiting beliefs and procrastination. That's right. You're going to hear stories and lessons from incredible people who've overcome setbacks to comebacks because they have the mentality and they refuse to quit. Your host is none other than Mike Humes, mailman to millionaire, the storyteller and leadership mentor, helping you shift and grow in your entrepreneurship journey. Tune in to these episodes to get real stories from real people who've had real success are you ready let's go let's go all right welcome everybody to another episode of the we won't quit podcast i am mike humes i'm excited i have my friend tati here world-renowned tati is uh you know kind of how i look at her oh that's too nice <laughs> no that's it's, it's a fact and uh, i grew up not grew up i guess now i make myself sound real young right? i used to listen to tati on the radio in the dmv area where i'm originally from uh she is now in san diego yes uh, out with uh, iHeartRadio. Thank you so yeah. much for taking time to come Thank through. Thank you. That was a nice intro. Thank you. Well, I'm not finished. You said so world renowned. I was like, what? Right. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, you're, you're from the world, Everywhere. right? You Hawaii, yes. yes. I have gone coast to coast and off the island, so I guess so. I guess so. I love Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii is um, uh, paradise. To me, it's just home, and I didn't really know it was paradise when I was there. Is that where you're originally from? Yeah. Hawaii? Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, so. I grew up in Hawaii, so... Stuff. You'll hear it sometimes when I, I heard talk. it when you said Hawaii. How I say Hawaii versus how how locals it. say Hawaii. Yes. I, uh, yeah, you'll hear it. It just comes out every once in a while. When I'm angry, it really comes out. Is that right? Yeah. Then I can't form any sentence that you will understand. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll try to avoid any anger, or maybe we will, just so we can get a chance to hear that dialect. <laughs> I remember going to do karaoke mm-hmm. in Hawaii, and my buddy was like, "No, it's pronounced karaoke." Yeah, it's karaoke. Oh, yeah, it's see, karaoke. Yeah, I learned something new. Well, that's been another episode of the We Won't Quit podcast. <laughs> now you can go do karaoke, but uh, no, that's powerful. So, how was growing up in Hawaii? I mean, everyone obviously wants to go to Hawaii, travel to Hawaii. Yeah, uh, you know, it was good. The thing is, with Hawaii, it's like you are an outdoor person. Obviously, that that is what you would do. So, 
beach every weekend. Um, sometimes leave school early and go to the beach. Uh, but yeah, it was beaches and backyard barbecues, you know, wow. for us. And so um, we, I didn't know any different except for watching a lot of TV and MTV. And that's when I said, oh, I want to go to the mainland. And everyone's like, ah, whatever, mainland, you know. I want to go to California and New York. I always said that when I was in Hawaii. So I think I, I was there, but I wasn't there. Like my mind wasn't there. Like I wasn't appreciating Hawaii until I left. And then when I came back, I said, what was wrong with me? Wow. Like I grew up in paradise and I never appreciated it. So it was it was nice. It was slow. It was um, family. It was very, yeah. you know, community. Like everyone knows everyone and someone gets in trouble, you know, someone's mom is going to call up your mom. Like it was just very, you know, island living. Right. Yeah. Very much a sense of community is what I gather from, yep. you know, the team that I've been able to work with in Hawaii. Yeah. Phenomenal. Uh, so the very first time I'll tell you my Hawaii story. First time I traveled to Hawaii. Uh, what year was that? I can't remember, but it was one of my first trips there. 90s or 2000s? 2000s. Okay. It was definitely 2000s. Also, oh, it was fun. I was there. Mm -hmm. Is that right? So this particular time, I'm there. I did a series of events. Okay. Right? So obviously like a 13-hour flight, landed. You know, that's like three movies is how I always categorize yes. my trip to Hawaii, right? It's like three movies. I got to figure <laughs> out which three movies I'm going to watch on the plane. Yes. And landed, had an event that Friday night. Saturday, a huge event that we did. And we were going to rest and we were going to do a luau on Sunday. Okay. We ended up hanging out Saturday night uh, to the wee hours in the morning. And about maybe 6 a.m., there was an earthquake. So you guys got tsunami warning. We did. Because you yes. didn't feel the earthquake. Because yeah. the thing with Hawaii is, I don't know if you feel the earthquake. The, you'll know it happened because you get a tsunami warning. Well, I thought that I was just uh, intoxicated. And so I'm looking <laughs> at the room shake a little bit. Oh, and I you remember, feel I, it. Oh, absolutely. Because I was I was staying in Waikiki. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yep. the hotel that I stayed at, you know, was shaped uh, so that water, if it did, could rush right through the center right. of it. Okay. It was, yeah, it was unbelievable. You're like, why? Yeah. I come to Hawaii and this happens because it doesn't happen often. No, 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 not at all. No. Yeah. So did you ever go back after that? Absolutely. Or? Oh, okay. Four times. And <laughs> two other times there were tsunami warnings. Yeah. So uh, my buddy, you know, Darnell and I, we just decided we can't go at the same time. So, yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. just us. It's one of those. I think you told me that you guys went before and you were like, no, we can't do this. Because one of us has to go home and say, Something happened to the other. Take care of the kids or something yeah, for each something. other. I just remember his aunt because we were his mom went on this trip. It's the first time his mom and his aunt Darnell's mom and aunt came on this trip to hear him speak. Yeah. And so the building shaking, right? Literally, you could feel it. And uh, and so I'm looking out into the water. I had the most beautiful view, right? Yeah. And so I'm looking to see what's going to happen next. And all see I remember seeing is his aunt melinda shout out to aunt melinda leaning over the rail of the balcony with a roller saying hey mike and i'm like aunt melinda please get off the balcony like what are you doing she's like okay and yeah and we were on like the 30th floor so we had to go down all these steps oh wow and there are a lot of people who shop in hawaii oh, you guys were in one of the high rises definitely oh, yeah. yeah 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 it was beautiful though yeah that's that's a wild story i feel like when people go on vacation they have like that kind of story you never you never forget that. I mean, you're on vacation. No, you, don't. you don't expect that. Did yeah. you guys do any of like any outdoor stuff in Waikiki? Because Waikiki, 
you know, a lot of people, when they go to Hawaii, they stay in Waikiki. And I always tell people, go out of Waikiki, right. go outside of Waikiki. But when you're in Waikiki, the nice thing is everything is at your you're it's right there. Right there. You can go downstairs yeah. and say, I want to go, you know, um, parasailing. I want to go on a boat and go whale watching. You can do all of it right there. I want to learn yeah. how to surf. I want to rent a moped and go around the island with the mopeds. Like you can do everything from Waikiki. So yeah. I always ask people, what did you do? Did you did you do stuff or did you just kind of? We did. But we did because remember, I, I was building my business and building a uh, team there. So we had folks from uh, Oahu from all over. I see. So we got a chance to just team build and everybody go out. It was amazing. And yeah. it's local. So they're taking you to all kinds of they places. They knew every, right? every place we went in at this time, yeah. someone was on the team, like yes. every business. So it was, it was. That's unreal. the best way to be yeah. in Hawaii is yeah. to have a local with you so that they could take you to all the different Right. Areas. But so now I'm spoiled because yes. it's, I can't just go. Right. Right. And, uh, without. Well, you can, you got a lot of good Hawaii folks and they're ready I to do. just take you. Yeah. If yes, you, if you. Call the Katoas, I'm sure they're like, let's go. Absolutely. Well, the Katoas are mainland, but all They're on Oahu. Oh, yeah. okay. But That's where mom is. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, it's the main island. I know we were talking about our moms prior to, right? And uh, I have an issue with throwing things away <laughs> that I probably got. Uh, through my mom, Mama Humes definitely has a problem. We like to say it's our mothers. I always say it's my mom too. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, so. my mom's still in Hawaii, and so she's got, she's accumulated some stuff. And I always tell her, I was like, can't take all that with you. And she's like, I know, but I'm going to send it to the Philippines. You know, my mother's Filipino. She always wants to send it and she likes to help people. And I'm right. like, that's cool, but when? <laughs> yeah, that's always the question, right? When is it going to actually get moved? But yeah. it's great. She, she's helping people. She that's is. Good. I think that's always her intention. Her intention is to help people. Um, whether she gets to it, I know that it's it's her heart, right, you know, so right. I'm like, all right, well, you know, I try to offer help. And when she's willing to take it, then good. And most times she's not. And I'm like, all right, I just got to let her be. So is that one of the virtues you got from your mom helping people? And I think I think my mother, because she always talks about Philippines and how um, lucky I was to be born in the U.S. and be stateside and all that. And I think because she always talked about how. uh Back home, the kids, I'm a spoiled American kid is what it, it was. Like. You're so spoiled, you know, and I never thought of it that way because we lived Section 8, welfare, apartment building my whole life, you know, nine floors up. Like, I always felt like we were poor. Right. But she always said, you have no idea what poor looks like. And I went to the Philippines and she was right. Wow. There were kids just running around the streets begging for money. And I thought, oh, wow, I, I am definitely way better off in America than if I was in the Philippines. So, at what, yeah, what that age helped. did you go? At what age did you travel to the Philippines? I was 10, I think, when okay. I went. Yeah, and the kids were, um, you know, pulling on my clothes. And, right. you know, they're even, some were my age, some were a little bit older than me, some were really small, you know, and I thought, where are the parents? You know, yeah. I'm thinking, where are their mom and dad? Yeah. And, and my brother said, oh, no, they're all, these are all street kids. They're all homeless. Wow. And I thought, that's, that's crazy. Like yeah. I couldn't even fathom. Like ten years right. old, I'm like, well, they need their parents with yeah. them. Yeah. But I just gave him whatever was in my pocket, and he goes, right. No, 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 no. Don't just give. Don't just give it money. Never stops, right? That's what he said. Because yeah. we're gonna yeah. go one more block, and they're gonna they're right. gonna follow us, and they're gonna tell. Yeah. And it just it really happened where it was right. always new kids coming up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That experience lent to wanting to help. Did it? Yeah, Definitely. I think it made me realize I'm I'm way more fortunate here than I would be if my mother stayed in the Philippines. So. Right. 
So as a mom now, and you have three, mm -hmm. and you have pretty much, well, you have an adult. All of well, them, right? yeah, yeah. I have every stage. I got 24, 14, and 12. Okay. Yeah. And so adult child is, he's finally doing his thing. He's got roommates now. He just moved out, and I'm oh, like, good for you. Um, and I was worried that he wouldn't be able to make rent. I was like, uh, but I didn't want to tell him. I was like, you know what? I'm going to let him cross that bridge when he gets to it. Because he's going to need to, right? right on his right. own. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, someone told me I pumped too much fear into my children, too. And I was like, you know what? Let me stop doing that, too. And we say, you know what? You got this, kid. Yeah. There's a job opening over here, too. You might want to get another job. So he's right. like, all right. So he got a third job. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So he's yeah. working. He's working. Yeah. And then I got the high school girl, my only girl. Okay. That's the one that I feel like is the, you know, you're a I, girl dad. I am a girl dad. Girls are not the same as boys. No, I feel like. Well, I don't even, I, I'm an uncle to all boys and a godfather to, well, I'm a godfather to girls too, but I have 22 and three. So I, I miss that middle uh, age. Yeah. You said you miss it like you no, you want it because um, I don't I'm miss good. it. I'm good. I'm I mean, saying, I don't even. I'm not. To three. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm the three. Maya just uh, she was like, I'm here, so you know. But I love it. I love being a girl dad. Yeah, but it's hard. It's very hard. Yeah, I feel like we. Um, I feel like we hover on our girls a little harder than we do our boys. My son asked for a sleepover. I'm like, okay, cool. My daughter's like, wait, what? I'm not even allowed to sleep over places. I was like, uh oh. Absolutely. So having two daughters, I've always, you know, I was it was tough, and and Michaela mainly because she's almost twenty two. Yeah. So yeah, I had to take a look at any and everybody who, wherever she was going, I needed to know. Uh, but everybody felt comfortable coming and staying in my house. So. But she had sleepovers then. She did, yeah. She and not only at your house, she she was allowed to go and, but you had to meet everybody first. Very few places, yeah. It was a it was a circle, you know. You yeah. kind of kept that circle tight. Yeah, my daughter's starting her circle, so I'm I'm gonna learn from what you just said. Keep the circle tight, and uh, we'll see. Now I I see you and your daughter on social media. You're so cute. It's so funny, the videos. I was just watching <laughs> that last video. I'm like, oh, she's a mini you. Like, you guys are hilarious is, is really the word. That we is. have a lot of fun. I think that, um, I think I try not to take things too seriously. Um, <laughs> but that, I think it, that's why I run into problems with her. Because we're like friends, <laughs> but, but we're not friends. You know, I'm right. like, I, I'm, we're cool. But also, I need to lay down some rules and... You know, we just get along so well and we laugh and she's hilarious. Yeah. And so, yeah, I know people are always like, she's just like you. I'm like, she kind of is. She told me she wanted to be a comedian when she was younger. And I was like, please, no, no, that's hard. I was like, a no, comedian. no. Wait, were you a comedian before? No. Oh, okay. You always tell me I'm funny. Oh, no, I'm you're like, hilarious. You, you you both are. And you all should have your own reality yeah. uh, show or something. Yeah, like, Hawaii is called No Shame. And Hawaii, when you have no shame, that's the best thing because you will do say it all like there's no filter right. i don't have a filter right you know so she's the same way i'm like can you stop she says some ridiculous things and i'm like oh man you're way ahead than, than i was you know at your yeah. age i'm like yeah but it's great that they you know our kids have us or or the type of parent that you are because you have to be so relatable yeah you know to be able to keep up with where they are to keep up with what's going on yeah, I used to be scared of it. I yeah. used to be scared. And I think it was because I didn't give myself enough credit. And I think now that I get older, I realize I did pretty well. I navigated pretty good. I made some mistakes. I learned from them. You know, people might judge, but I mean, who 
who cares? Right. Like, what do they right. mean? <laughs> yeah. So now that I've extended myself that grace and kind of told, you know, said that, you know, I did pretty good. Now I can allow her to have parts of me and then, and for me not to get scared. Like when she yeah. said comedian, I was like, nope, mm-mm, too hard. Nope. You know, I don't want you to be like, nope. You, you know, I don't want you to go my path and do radio and this. I don't want you to do it. And now, you know, she says like, oh, I want to do this. I'm like, hey, whatever you want to do. Right. Whatever you want to do. And and even if it looks like my path, fine. I'll help you. I'll support you. Right. I'll show you, you know, different things. And it's not going to be the same because today's landscape is different. I mean, with social media, she's the pro. I'm learning from her. Right. And that's the thing. My kids teach me a lot. Too. That's good. Yeah. Well, it speaks to your relationship with them. Yeah. yeah. I got to be able to be taught, too. Because my mother yeah. and I, you know, and I try to tell her something. She's like, no. Right. I'm like, mom, I know a little bit something different. Right. And right. times have changed. She's like, no. Right. So I see that dynamic and I'm like, all right. With grandparents, a little different. Yeah. Grandparents are set, set. So you just Very set. Them. Very set. And I told you earlier, I, I look at my mom. I give my mom the same grace I used to give my grandmother. My grandmother was 97 when she passed away. And my great-grandmother was 106. What a beautiful, long yeah. life they lived. All women. The men, yeah, not so much. We're, we're doomed oh. on, the, on the male <laughs> side. So whatever they're doing, I guess I need to extend more grace or learn from them. Yeah, but, yeah. but you mentioned grace and giving yourself grace, which allows us to give our kids grace, mm-hmm. um, which is so key. But let's let's pivot because... You talked about her being a comedian and then you being in radio. Like, how did you, that seems like such a tough competitive field. I mean, only if I, and I used to listen to you on, you know, PGC in the, in the DMV area. Right. Uh, and so you have two people in the morning, one person from 10 to two, like it's literally a total of maybe seven people throughout the entire day. Yeah. When I was there, we had four, five people in the room. Guy Lambert's like staple. He's going to be there forever, you know? So Guy Lambert, you know, he handled news. Um, Joe was the the lead. But, you know, getting to that point, to getting to D.C., because D.C. is a top 10 market in radio. That was just, to me, just being in that room and with those folks, I always felt that I needed to just listen and learn. Really? Yeah. You sound so comfortable. Like, I, I remember listening to you all. Because they're awesome. Daily. They're amazing people. You all flowed. The chemistry was great. Yeah. And that's not always the case. Well, you know, the thing with radio is if you don't respect the people you're in a room with, people will hear that you don't respect the person you're in the room with. So, like, with Joe Claire, oh, my gosh, I respected him immediately. And I think it was because just how you talk about your daughters and your mom and your grandmother. Right. He talked about his mother and how she was a single mother and she's, you know, a professor, an author, like... He would, and I still remember her name. He would be like, Maxine wouldn't, no, Maxine wouldn't talk like that, Tati. If I start to have negative self-talk, he'd be like, mm-mm. Right. You came off an island. Like, he yeah. would remind me yeah. where I came from. And it, and, and it made me feel like, man, this, he's so dope. Like, yeah. that's what you need in a co-host is someone that sees that maybe you feel a little, you know, like you're cowering in the in the grandest, you know, the, in, in right. the room. And he goes, no, no. You made it here. Come on. You Absolutely. Know? You deserve to be here. You deserve to be here. And right. Guy Lambert was the same way. So when you work with people who are respectful and they they want to help you and support you, that's when it, it just flows. Yeah. I've worked with people where it they wanted me to know I was below. They wanted me to really? know I wasn't I wasn't there yet or where I came from. Like I came from an island. Let me show you how we do it in the mainland kind of thing. Wow. You know, you, you know your accent. And they would always remind me of my accent. I'm like, why do you keep telling? 
I didn't even know I had an accent until you told me. But that's a positive. That's not a negative. Hey, family, when was the last time you got a chance to wear something meaningful? Whether it was today, last month, or never. I want you to understand that Jack Design has a message that will resonate with each of you. Each and every design is intended to inspire action while reminding us to wear art. You can mix metal with a flower and wear the steel rose collection. You can unleash your creative genius. Or you can participate in our legacy with the signature collection. Here's what I need you to do. Go visit their website and peruse the gallery. Make sure you put in Don't Quit 22 in the promo code so you can receive that 10% discount just for being a part of the We Won't Quit podcast family. Go out and check out Jack Design. You will not be disappointed. At, at the time, I thought it was a negative. Right. Or at least they wanted to project to you that it was a negative. Yeah, yeah. It felt that way. It, yeah. it felt that way. But it all—it was also myself. Myself and my self-esteem. So. so how did you come out of that? Because you had to do it publicly. I talked about it. Did you? I said it. I said it out loud. I didn't, you know, I said that this is how I feel about this. And sometimes this makes me feel this way. And, you know, just being honest about it. I think other people say, well, I feel that in my workplace, too. You know, other men and women. You know, right. they're like, I want to be where the next level person is, but it feels like they don't want me there. Like, I'm going to take their seat type of thing. You know? Yeah. And so I think when people could relate and they, I feel the same way. And we would talk and stuff. And I'd say, but you got to keep, you got to keep being you. Don't let them change you either. Because that was something that I, I know how to adapt, but I don't lose myself either. Right, right. So going to the DMV, I listened I learned, I was like, tell me about the mumbo, tell me about the go-go, <laughs> show me Horace and Dickie, show me whatever, Absolutely. you know, you street, yeah. H street, talk yeah. to me, you know, and they would, yeah. I would listen and I'm used to talking, as you can see, yeah. I'm used yeah. to talking and like telling people about me. So when I would just listen, I'd be like, all right, let me respect the space I'm in. This is, this is your town. This is your city. Let me learn. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's what people appreciated right. too. No, we definitely did. We definitely did. We miss you there. I it miss great. it. Yeah. I know every it time someone says, we miss you in the DMV. I'm like, I miss yeah. the DMV. Yeah. It, this is a different world. I I'm bet. Completely different. And it's hard. When I first got here, it was hard for me to explain without sounding. I don't know. I felt like I sounded. It sounded terrible the way I was saying. I was like, there's culture there. Here is, you know, and I, I, was, I had to ease back on how I said that. I didn't want to offend anybody. Right, right. Yeah. I love the West Coast. Obviously, I came back. This weather is... Beautiful. I'm about to tear up just thinking about I got to leave Go this back weather. To the cold. <laughs> right. It went from 70 a few days ago to 35 the next day. I saw. I still follow everybody why? in like, DC and I'm like, why, why would the weather do that? But here it's just. Um, no, it doesn't here too. I may not come back. Right. This is it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here for good, San Diego. Talk so. to San Diegans. They'll tell yes. you. It's weird. It's weird yes. too. It gets really cold, just not DC cold. Right. Yeah. Right. So that transition to. Did, where, did you have another stop prior to leaving D.C. or? Yeah, so. Or where has radio taken you? So radio was Hawaii about? first. Um, okay. And then I, I worked at Clear. It was called Clear Channel at the time. I and remember then, Clear. Yeah. And then I left and I came here to San Diego and um, I worked on a station called Z90, which was um, equivalent to the WPGC of D.C. Okay. So Z90 was the heritage. It was the first station that kind of launched hip hop in San Diego. And so. Um, every San Diego and I talked to talk about this big jam Z90 bus. And here I am new coming into that. So I was on a heritage station and they have Mexican signals. I don't know if you know, they have like their towers are in Mexico. Okay. So that was kind of a big deal too. And then I was here for seven years and then went to DC. Okay. So it was seven in Hawaii, seven here. 
three years in D.C. and San Diego never stopped um, talking to me while I was in D.C. So wow. they were always like, when's your contract up? You you want to come back? You know, and Hawaii did the same. And I would always be like, yeah, we'll see. I want to see where this can take me. Right, right. If this takes me to New York and L.A., that'd be great. Um, but while I was in D.C., I realized I didn't want to go to Cal- I didn't want to go to L.A. or New York anymore. Really? Talking to like um, all the people there and you know, learning about Donnie Simpson and how yeah. BET was in DC and like right. DC had everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to do New York anymore mm. or LA. But San Diego called, the weather called. It's a shorter flight to Hawaii to see my family. Absolutely. San Diego's always showed me love. That's great. San Diego, when they love you, they love you. You did the yeah. deal forever, you know, and so I was like, I, I'm going back. No, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I, um, you know, when I think about radio, I always think about, I mean, when, when a person wakes up because you're in the morning, right? I'm like, what time did they have to get up to get started? You saw my you saw my uh, recent post, right? Where, yeah. Where I'm dancing to my alarm. Yes. It is hard. Yes. I think I reposted that, too, because that was it's, hilarious. I was like, yeah, that's what you have to do. Well, I reposted it. It was Baller Alert. I can't take credit for that. I was like, Baller <laughs> Alert always has the funniest and shade room. But um. But yeah, that's it's hard. I start at about 4:45. Actually, it's 4:44. That's wow. my very first alarm. Um, it used to be, you know, earlier than that. It was like 4:24 when I was in DC, but I've pushed it back. Um, but yeah, and I start at 4:44, and I got four more alarms after that. So I really, I'm doing a dance in my <laughs> <laughs> just snoozing. I'm to the, and I started to change the um the alert tone because I got too used to so. I have to try and surprise myself right, right. and switch it up yeah. because I really will get used to my alarms and not wake up. That's me with flights, like trying to be in different time zones. Yeah. I'm still on the East Coast time zone on my watch. And I know, earlier we looked and I yeah. said, oh, you were. Yeah, I'm like always all over the place. But yeah, so, I, so when did you get accustomed to that? And so do you take a break after that? Like, do you have to? Yeah, so um, I will say this and and it took just recently for me to um, really seek out like therapy and um, I'm part of like a book club now where it's women who we talk about the traumas that we've been through and all the things that kind of stuck with us and doesn't serve us anymore. Like the yeah. naysayers when I said yeah. coming up on radio and all that, like right. all those things don't serve me now in my life, but it just recently made me realize that that factored into my day. So I wake up so early 10 o'clock to about 1 p.m. I do post-production. I do socials. You know, I'm recording commercials or I'm, you know, putting together the show's podcast. Um, So I'm doing post-production stuff. And then I'd get home and I'd be spent. And I'm like, I need a nap. So every day I was like, I need a nap before I could pick up my kids from school. Right. And so that was kind of always the thing. I need a nap. I need a nap an hour or two. However, I just need to, in the middle of the day, that way I can go past you know, 830, 930. And I'm a yeah. late, I'm a late sleeper. I'm I just really I'll stay up to like midnight and then have to wake up at 440, you know, and even past that. I know when, you know, we would be on Zooms together and I'm thinking, I know she has to be up early. Yes. And sometimes those were nine, ten in the evening. The it naps would, would help me go get later. to that. Yeah. Yeah. But now yeah. I don't nap. And that's why I brought that up is now I, I don't nap. Um and I think it's because I've metaphorically dropped bags I was carrying that I didn't need to carry wow. anymore. So the weight of the world is a little different in my going into my days. Like I have um, just not carrying other, you know, 
I don't even know how to explain it. My brain was always going, and that's why I was so tired. So I was thinking about something that, yeah, and it would affect my mood, and it would. It, I was exhausted, and so I think recently I felt like, I think the last three months I haven't napped in the middle of the day, and I'm still good. I'm like I'm good. And what what did you do differently? It was the women's group, or just dealing that, with that. Therapy. Trauma, the therapy? Yeah, yeah. Just um, actually feeling my feelings instead of suppressing. Mm. So I used to cry in my car all the time. I used to always say my office is my car and I cry in my car. Nobody needs to see me crying. crying or I'd cry in my studio when I didn't have other people, when I had my own shows. Um, and I stopped doing that when my kids, I think when my kids got a little bit older, I didn't want them to see me crying all the time. And my oldest son, the 24-year-old, he saw me cry all the time. He's a teddy bear. He's so soft. He's such a good kid. Like he's, yeah, he's, he seems like such a great young man. Kind heart. Yeah. Kind heart. My my two others, I didn't want that for them. I didn't want them to see that. And, and I did a disservice by doing that because they need to know that they can cry too. Absolutely. It's not a bad thing. Right, you know? right. So I, I, I'm going back to that. I told my daughter yesterday, I was like, I was so sad yesterday. I was in this sadness. So I cried and she goes, mom. I go, it's okay. I, I got it out. I right. cried. She goes, what was it about? I told her and she goes, oh, okay. Are we going to the mall later today? <laughs> <laughs> she just went right to the next subject. She was right. like, she was like she, we good. You good. You no, good now. Good. Are we going to go later? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll go later. Wow. But yeah, I feel like that that has changed my my day-to-day life. Has it? Yeah. Wow. And how I operate and how much energy I have. People always ask me that question. It's always, you wake up so early. How do you go through the rest of your day? I used to always say naps. Now I say therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Making time. Yeah, it's for key. Yourself. It's key. Yeah. I had, uh, my last guest, uh, I'd interviewed Jewel McDougal, okay. uh, who's a therapist. Was she and part of the Kumba Fest? She was. She okay. was part of the Kumba Fest, nice. yes. And it was phenomenal. Like, it was phenomenal. And it's funny on the I episode. Wish I watched her. Oh, yeah. Oh, I oh yeah. Yeah, yes, she was. But we talked about just therapy, talked about we, we talked about all of it, dealing with the traumas, dealing with things that childhood trauma, just all of the things that we hold on, the baggage that we all hold on to. Yeah. And it's so necessary to release that stuff and to get it out. And yeah. and I think for as, as men, uh, for men, we hold on to it even more. Well, I think you men know? don't have a place to put like I think that we have expected you guys to suppress that like we don't want right, to see it right be a right, man you right. know what i mean like don't be weak and right. like, even that i'm learning is like i look at my son who's 12 and and i think to myself man, how many times have i told him push through uh-uh push through you got this you don't got you know and and i didn't allow him the space to say feel how you feel it's okay let it out and then go back out there you know, he's an athlete right he's an athlete yeah and it happens with athletes more than absolutely any. You know, we expect boys to get out there and then push through the pain, push yeah. through the pain. Yeah. Like and then and then words like weak or right. the P word. You know, once yeah. you tell a boy that they carry that for the rest of their lives. And then you wonder why men puff up their chest and feel like they need to, yeah. you know, always assert their dominance. And it's like because Absolutely. you taught them that. Right. Right. But I think now men are starting to see and I hope you are too. Oh, absolutely. To see that you. Yeah, Absolutely. Your girl dad. So I feel like girl dads yeah. have. Oh, I cry. I cry. Dad. I cry in the car. I okay, cry in the good. studio. I cry everywhere. Yeah. Good. You I cry on too. stage. It's just like, but I think it's the 
euphoric recall. Like I can go back to any place and I can feel uh, and being an yes. empath, I know how I felt. I know how the room smelled. I, I recall yes. so much yes. and it's so vivid yes. that, uh, you know, those emotions kind of can surface from it. But I think it's helped me in a sense of being able to never lose sight of where I came from right. or how I got here and not taking it for granted. Yeah. And process it. Yeah. Process it. Right. And the thing is, you don't process it once. I thought I was like, oh, I'm good. I'll put that behind me. No, I'm great. I can talk about my story. all I can stay in my story and not even cry. See, I'm healed. Yeah. No. It was, I did it so long saying it, not crying in public that. I was programming myself to go, don't, don't you let it. I used to always say, um, oh no, I don't, I don't I'm a thug. I don't cry. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then I shift and I go, oh no, I got thug tears. Like I would say, I can cry. <laughs> I can cry too. Right. But I never did it in front of people. I always felt like we put up, that's our armor. You know, right. once you, once you show that vulnerability and you show that you, it's weakness. Yeah. I, and I don't even know. I don't know who taught me that. Exactly. Me we that, go like, back to where that came from. And yeah. we, but it's, it's, you know, what we see is what will be yeah. most often. Yeah. But at some point. Like, I don't want to be saw, afraid. I don't want right. somebody to go, oh, there she is. Right. Now I know. Now I know where right. she's, where, where I could get her. She's weak and she'll, yeah. you know, and so I, I always kind of tell myself, no, I can't do it. No, I don't care. Now I'm like. I try not to apologize when I start crying too. If it comes out, I'm like, can I just get a napkin? Can I <laughs> Let me just get through this. Right. Yeah, um, there's nothing yeah. to apologize for, right? You're feeling your feelings. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're supposed to do that. But I think our kids are gonna be better for it. I think we're, we're now starting to see the effects of what our parents and our grandparents, ha they had to go through. So right. now we are telling our kids it's okay. And I think when you get to a certain age, do you feel like when you get to a certain age, you're like, I, mean, I know we talk about getting to a point now where we just don't care. Like, you know, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to yeah. be who I be. That's why I say I love your social media. And just, <laughs> you just, you're so much fun. Like you guys just, you live. To an extent. And you can tell it's you, right. I, I do that. I don't care. But right. trust me, I'm but looking after care. it's done. Right, you right. You know, after it's done, now I'm like, okay, was that too much? Okay, wait. Oh, people it's are reacting. Perfect. Then I want to yeah. read the comments. Yeah. That's the worst. I think it just gives other people a feeling of freedom to say, well, if she's on the radio and she's known in all these different markets and in and outside the country and she can be free, mm -hmm. I should be able to be free. I hope that's what people are doing. No, that's what, that's what I, I I've I never heard that, so I hope so. Trust me. I need people to feel that way so I can keep keep doing what I do. <laughs> no, keep keep doing it. Keep doing Thank it. And so so what's next for Tati? Do we know? Well, you know, I'm learning through you. I'm learning through Jasmine. I'm learning through people that I'm meeting, the book club women, that um there is more than just radio. I always would tell people I'm a one-trick pony. And now I know that's not true. It's really not true. There is no limit. So I think I'm trying to learn more outside of radio you know i do voice work so i have another thing that i do i want to do a book i've always said i wanted to write a book you definitely should do a book I know. you gotta do a book you know what scares me what's that is that it's gonna have to be volumes like i'm like yeah. i don't know how to even like yeah like it's so much and it's because i hold my mother's stories and I hold my sister's stories. Wow. And it all affects me. So it's not just 
my story. I feel like my story is so many other stories. Right. Yeah. So I want to be mindful of like telling my story, but also being kind when I bring in the other people who are the characters in my story. I think most writers have that, right? Yeah, no, that is that is a thousand percent where I am and why I haven't done a book. Folks would always say, you need to do a book as a single father, like this, that, and the other. But I was always cognizant of how my story would affect my daughter. Yes. Just because it encompasses, you know, her and her family, you know, her mom and yes. just different situations. Things that she probably didn't hear about. Now she's going right. to read it in the book. Right. Or maybe she heard a, a different version. Right. Yeah. You know, their yeah. truth versus my truth. Yeah. Um, so I, was, I always held off for that very reason. But you're absolutely right. It encompasses so many people. But well, I, we got to do it, Mike. Yeah, it's a must. It's a must. We, we got to get it done. We got to get it done. Volume by volume. They, they, they can write a book, too. Whoever's in the Absolutely. <laughs> if they don't like your version, they can write a book, too. It's exactly. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it's it, everybody has their story and their perspective of the same event. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for sharing some of your story with us today. Thank you. I greatly appreciate you. Yeah, I mean, I know you. you, I know your schedule. I know you you could be (laughs) so many other places. I know you need to be on the field right now. Right, watching your son. She she saw it. She saw you score. Promise me. I promise you, rather. Promise me. Promise you. She saw it. (laughs) Right. He'll text it to me. (laughs) Well, no. Thanks so much. Let folks know how they can get in touch with you. How they can find you, rather. Okay. and, Um, uh, And follow you. Yeah, social media, obviously, Instagram, um, Two Cents Tati. That's because of the segment the, the segment I do on the radio. So Two Cents Tati on Instagram, um, on TikTok, and on Facebook, it's Tati Pellegrin, which is the maiden name, um, or just iHeartMedia if you want to email, Tati at iHeartMedia.com. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. I got to come back out here and enjoy some more of this weather. So you do. It's a must. I hope you uh, went to some taco shops. And- um, today. I'm going to have to squeeze okay. that in today. Okay. That's a must. That's yeah. a must. All right, family. This has been another episode of the We Won't Quit podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like, share uh, this information. Make sure you follow Tati and uh, follow myself as well at The Real Mike Humes. Look forward to seeing you again next week. Take care. I'm going to do the hang loose. That's what I do with that. All right. Yeah. All my folks there. God bless. Take care. Hey family, did you know that the things you say to yourself about yourself would eventually determine who you attract and even what you attract for ourselves? You know, want to know where I learned that? I learned that from listening to the Self Talk Experience podcast. Look, I'm excited because some of my mentors, Donnell and Tracy Self, have started a podcast that is exploding simply because they're shifting the way people think. I've been blessed to know this couple for about 25 years, and there's no way I would have went from mailman to millionaire if it wasn't for this couple. Look, I've watched them personally help dozens of individuals earn a seven-figure income, but I've also watched them help thousands of people shift the way they think inside of their family, inside of their marriage, inside of their household, inside of their, their job, inside of their career, and change lives. And now, for free, you get a chance to experience what many have paid tens of thousands of dollars to experience. Go watch.